Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job helps us to see our lives through a lens of biblical truth. I'm not sure how long you've been struggling to maintain your faith, but I know that it's hard to wait sometimes. But I believe that it's moments like that that God begins to revamp our mental picture. He begins to give us a picture full of faith so that we will begin to remember that God is faithful to His promises. When you consider your own self-image and what you believe about yourself, is it based on the truth of Scripture or on the influence of the world? Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job. Mark is Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago, and he's also President of Moody Bible Institute. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Last time, Mark began a crucial lesson on the subject of self-image, revealing how some of the things we believe about ourselves are more than just untrue, they're destructive. And so if we want to live the way God intends, we need that storyboard we have for our lives to be founded on the truth of God's Word. To learn more about this important topic, let's join Pastor Mark for part two of his message titled, Re-Envision Your Vision. The Bible says, though your sins be as scarlet, I can make them as white as snow. And so you may feel like you're not forgiven, but that's when you need to go to the Word of God, and if you've repented and received Christ and repented of your sin and turn, turned around, the Bible declares over you, you are forgiven. You may not always feel like a child of God, but if you've given your life to Christ and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, you are a child of God. Listen, whether you feel like it or not, it doesn't take away the fact that you're a child of the living God. You need to believe the word above your circumstances. You may feel at times like I'm alone in this world, but the Bible declares that if God is for us, who can be against us? That God will never leave us or forsake us. So you may feel like you're alone, but the truth is the word of God declares that you are not alone. And that's when you believe the word above your circumstances. You may believe that there are situations in your life that are hopeless, but the Bible declares that God is the God of all hope. And that there's no situation that's hopeless when you serve God, so you believe the word of God above your circumstances. Now, I know this is very difficult to do, especially if you've been in a long waiting room. And you say, Pastor, well, I've been waiting for a long time. And it gets really, really, really hard to wait a long time, which leads me to my third point. Not only do we need a fresh awakening and faith to believe the word above our mental picture, but we also need perseverance to maintain confidence even when it doesn't match our circumstances. You see, when God speaks to Elijah, he says, Elijah, I love what he tells him. Elijah complains, gives him his story, and God looks at Elijah and he says, Elijah, go back the way you came. You know, as God tells Elijah, I want you to go back and face your problems, and I want you to Take this storyboard with you. And in God's story, God wins. 7,000 haven't bowed their knee. And Elijah fulfills his purpose. That's God's storyboard. God, none of Elijah's circumstances had changed except the fact that God had spoken his word into his life. 
When Elijah exited the cave, none of his circumstances that led him to the cave had changed. The only thing that had changed was Elijah's attitude towards his circumstances because now he was believing the word above his mental picture. Some of you are asking that God would change your circumstances and God is saying, no, I'm not going to change your circumstances. I'm going to change you to face your circumstances. Some of you are saying, oh Lord, I would have joy if I just worked for a different job. And God said, no, I'm going to give you a different attitude and the same job. Some of you are saying, Lord, I'd be so happy if you changed my husband. God, change him. And God's saying, no, you're going to go back to the same husband but I'm going to give you a different attitude so that you can face the challenges of your husband in a different way. Do you understand? That God doesn't always change our circumstances, but he sends us back into our circumstances now, believing his word, and while we're waiting for the change to happen, we have to keep going back over and over to confidence in his promise and confidence in his word. And let me tell you what happens during this time. God is changing us. You cannot go through a long period of waiting for the promise of God to come without it changing you on the inside and doing something to you. One of the best illustrations of this in all of scripture, I think, is the story of Abraham. Abraham is considered the father of faith. He's considered the father of faith because of his incredible belief, even though he struggled. And there are times when he doubted God. He he doubted the way that God was going to provide. He kept going back and saying, I'm going to believe you anyways. I'm going to believe you anyways. And you know the story that God called Abram and Sarai to to a land, to leave the land that he was in. And he said, I'm going to take you to a land. I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to populate the land with your descendants. And your descendants will bless the entire world from generation to generation. At the time, Abram and Sarah were childless. So Abraham told Sarah, God has promised we're going to have a family that's going to bless the entire world. She was excited about it. One year passed. They did everything they were supposed to do. They put in baby orders and nothing happened. The second year, she went to look at her pregnancy test. Maybe this is the month and no baby. The third year, maybe this is the year. They got all excited, no baby. The fourth year, no baby. Fifth year, no baby. Sixth year, no baby. Seventh year, no baby. Eighth year, no baby. Ninth year, no baby. Tenth year, no baby. Ten years from when the promise was given, Abraham started to get a little discouraged. He told God, well, God, maybe you want to make my inheritance happen through my servant. And so he said, maybe through this servant, my descendants will come. And God said, no, your descendants will come from your own loins, from you. They'll come out of your descendants. This is not the way. Abraham struggled, and in their struggling halfway through this process, Sarah said, I'm never going to have a baby. Why don't you take my servant girl 
and have a baby with her. Maybe God will use her to create descendants. And sure enough, she got pregnant. But God said, that is not the way that I'm going to bring about descendants. I promised you and I will keep my promise. 24 years later, Abraham and Sarah still did not have a baby. How long have you been waiting? How long have you been fighting in faith for the things that you're believing God for? Today's Bold Steps message with Mark Joe will continue in just a moment. First, we want to give special thanks to the listeners who are helping us bring these gospel messages into this new year with faithful monthly support. You're known as our bold partners, and Mark, we're so very, very grateful for them. Uh, we are incredibly grateful for those people that choose every month to say, I believe in what you're doing. I want to back you. I want to help get the message of the gospel and this teaching out. So thank you so much for your partnership. Here's the difference you're making. Listeners like this contact us. This comes from Port Clinton, Ohio. Thank you for sharing the gospel and discipling me and other brothers and sisters in Christ. Your program, Bold Steps, would truly speak to me driving home from work with very specific messages I needed to hear in the various seasons walking with the Lord. So thank you. May your program continue to witness, help, and grow the church body. That's the difference our partners are making. I love it. And you know what? We talk about this all the time, and we hear this from listeners all the time, that at the right moment, at the right season, they receive the right word. And let's just say this. That's the Holy Spirit. He knows what you need. He knows when you need it. And I'm so glad to hear that kind of response. He's the Holy Program Director. (laughs) Yes, he is. (laughs) Hey, uh, we invite listeners to ask you questions from time to time. And I have kind of a tough one today. Are you open to this? Yeah, absolutely. This comes from Faye, who wants to know, with Disney supporting the LGBTQ community, is it right for a pastor to take his children to Disney movies or theme parks and support Disney? Isn't tithing used for his salary? Does this mean he condones what Disney stands for? (laughs) Hey, those are some tough questions. They are. So, you know, first of all, let me say this. If this is your pastor, I would, A, first of all, not judge him. Hmm. Here's the principle in this. These are complicated decisions. There's a lot of companies and a lot of corporations whose owners do not embrace the same things that we embrace. We support them every day without Um, knowing it, don't we? And I could mention a bunch of them that probably we engage with that are owned by different religious groups or people that embrace different views that we have. I think the principle that I would encourage you to follow is this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, the Apostle Paul was talking to believers about meat that had been sacrificed to idols. And some of the believers were aghast that Christians could go to the market and buy meat that had been desecrated to idols. And they thought, aren't we participating in idol worship? This is terrible. Other believers, it didn't bother their conscience. They just said, this is meat. I don't care where it's been before, it's meat. And so what the Apostle Paul says, if it violates your conscience, you should not do it. Yes. But 
don't be quick to judge others who it doesn't violate their conscience. So your pastor may just be focused on Mickey Mouse and Disneyland and giving his kids a great time. And if it doesn't violate his conscience, then I would not judge him. Now, if someone has a real conviction and it violates your conscience that you are contributing somehow to a cause that would really be against your convictions, then I would say, by all means, do not attend, do not support, do not uh, give your money there. But but I think there's some liberty in convictions within believers. And so my encouragement would be grace, be gracious to your pastor and his children and his wife, but be clear with your own convictions about your conscience. Very good. Mark, thank you for answering this question. And again, if any listener has a question, you can reach us through our website. Just click on Ask a Question at boldstepsradio.org. And don't forget, you can also sign up to become a bold partner today, which we appreciate very much. You'll find all the information at boldstepsradio.org. Let's go back to the message from Mark titled, Re-Envision Your Vision. I want you to see what God did with Abram. First of all, God changed Abram's name to Abraham. Scholars tell us that Abram means great. Abraham means the father of a great nation. So imagine being a childless couple and everybody knows that now you've changed your name to the father of a great nation. So when you go to eat at The restaurant downtown, they say, sir, what's your name? My name's the father of a great nation. Well, you must have a lot of kids. No, none. (laughs) Every time Sarah called him for dinner, he said, father of a great nation, time to eat dinner. Every day he was reminded, God was reminding him, I am a God that fulfills my promises, and I want you to remember what I've called you to. Never forget, do not let your faith be overcome with fear. Do not let doubt overshadow what I plan to do in your life. Remember, I'm going to remind you day after day. I'm going to remind you week after week. And then God said to Abram, it tells us in in Genesis chapter 15, that Abraham was weakened because it was taking so long. And so God decided that he would give Abram a new mental picture. And so he took Abraham out on a clear Middle Eastern night and he invited Abraham to look at the stars. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 5, God says to Abraham, Now look towards the heaven and count the stars. Now I know in Chicago you think you can count the stars. We look to the sky and we say, one, two, I count 10. But that's because you can't really see all the stars. Have you ever been to another state? Come on. And you look up to the star and you're from Chicago. You say, wow, I never knew there were so many stars. You literally see billions. There are billions of stars, trillions of stars in the sky. I can imagine Abraham going out and starting to count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and gets to 200. Did I count that one or not? Let me start over. He can't count them. He looks at the stars and God says, I want you to get this picture in your mind. Your children will be like the stars in the sky. Remember that. What was God doing? 
God was replacing the mental image of infertility with the image of multiple, multiple children. God was giving Abraham a new picture to grasp as he thought about his future. And so I believe that Abraham, would he, when he introduced himself, he would say, my name is Abraham, the father of a great nation. I believe that in times of discouragement, when he saw fathers taking a stroll with their children, he would remember the stars. Yeah, I'm going to be the father of a great nation. When young mothers proudly introduced their newborn babies, he would remember, yeah, but one day I'm going to have a baby boy too. He would remember the stars. When his wife Sarah would cry herself to sleep at night, longing for a family, wondering when she was going to have a child, he would remember the stars. When he looked at his 100-year-old face in the mirror and looked at the deep wrinkles in his face, and his hunched back and his walk that was no longer the walk of a young man. As he looked at that image, that image looked like a man that would never be able to have a child, that in the natural would be impossible. But when he looked at his wrinkled face, he would remember the stars. Yeah, that's my mental image. But one day I will be the father of a great and mighty nation. You see, the image of faith had to overcome the image of doubt and the image of fear and the image of discouragement. And one day when Abraham turned 100 years old and Sarah was 90 years old, she came out and she said, Abraham, I'm eating a lot of chocolate. I, I, I think it's happening. 90 years old, bringing her servant girl over and say, yeah, touch, you feel the lump? It's happening. 90 years old, she's becoming great with child. People are looking at him thinking, that's weird. <laughs> the natural overcome by the supernatural. Faith trumping over fear. 25 years later, 25. I'm not sure how long you've been struggling to maintain your faith. I'm not sure how long you've been struggling to cling to a promise that God has given you. I'm not sure how long you have been getting a hold, waiting for that check that you know that's coming or, or believing the word that's been declared in his scripture over you, how long it's been. But I know that it's hard to wait sometimes. It's hard to keep believing sometimes. But I believe that it's moments like that that God begins to revamp our mental picture. He begins to give us a picture full of faith so that we will begin to remember that God is faithful to his promises. In fact, I believe that God delights in erasing our old pictures and drawing a new picture for us. You see, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, Therefore, be always of good courage, knowing that while we are at home in this body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. A few years ago, I had a woman and her husband walk into my office. When she got married, she was all excited, full of vision and hope for her marriage. Her husband had made some decisions that had caused her to lose trust. And she sat in my office and she said to me, 
I don't know what, I don't feel I can gain trust again. I feel like a bruised, battered, broken bride. I don't have a clear image that our marriage can be a reflection of God and that we can serve God together and really go into the future together. I try to believe, but I just don't see it anymore. I've lost the radiance, she told me. I could tell she was sincere and I could tell her husband was genuinely wanting to go forward. I walked over to my office wall and I said, I'm going to do something a little strange here, but I'm going to, this is the image that you have, a bruised, battered, broken bride. I want just, just to erase it for a moment. Can you do that? I'm going to erase it there. So I, I moved my hand over the wall as though I were erasing that picture. I said, I don't believe that picture is from God. I believe that picture was birthed in a moment of fear, in a moment of discouragement and disappointment. That's not a God picture. That's a fear-filled picture. Now, I'm going to tell you the picture that I see in you. I see a woman sitting in front of me that is bruised, but is a brave, bold, beautiful warrior woman fighting for the destiny of her marriage. And the battle's intense, but she's battling for the destiny of her marriage. And so what I see, oh, I see a warrior woman that says, this is my family, and it's hard, and I'm discouraged, but I'm going to fight for the future of my family until I see God deliver my family into what he called us to be. That's the image that I see, and I believe that that's what I see in you, and I believe that that's what God is speaking in you. And she walked out of that office and said, I'm going to try to keep that image in my mind. I'm happy to say they're doing great right now. She fought for her marriage and they came out of that season, but, but she had to change the mental picture that she was living with. I don't know what mental picture you're living with. Some of you have pictures in your mind that have been painted in moments of crisis, discouragement, or fear. Today, God is saying, I want you to erase the image that you've been living with. And I want you to allow my Holy Spirit to draw a new image in your mind that's built and painted with the brushstrokes of faith and the promises of the Word of God. And to begin to trust the promises that God has spoken over you and not your fear-filled imagery. Maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you're living with an image that is absolutely a distorted image of who you really are, what God has called you to do in your situation. You know, Elijah was so burdened by this distorted image that he became suicidal. He viewed himself as a failure. He viewed uh, his ministry as being really a waste of time and it hadn't accomplished what he thought it was going to accomplish. And maybe you're struggling with that today. And I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to someone encouraging you today. I think some of you need to rip down the image that you have. You need to rip it apart. You need to say, I refuse to lead my life with a distorted 
image, a picture painted by my failures, by my past, by the lies that I've bought into. And I choose to embrace the image that God speaks over me, his promises, his truth, his calling, his destiny over my life. And so some of you need to today mentally just picture yourself tearing down that picture, ripping it up and looking to God and say, God, you give me the picture of my future, of my destiny, of my identity. Thank you, Mark. Well, gaining a truer vision of ourselves and our futures is the message from Mark Job here on Bold Steps. Today's lesson titled, Re-Envision Your Vision. And if you have been feeling stuck in a place of negativity and doubts, questioning the goodness of God's plan for your life, there is a special resource we'd like to send you. It's a book written by Mark that's designed to go hand-in-hand with his teaching series. It's called Unstuck, Out of Your Cave and Into Your Call. In this resource, Mark reveals seven biblical principles that will help you identify the spiritual snares that you may have fallen into and what you can do now to break free and get back on track. We'll be happy to send you a copy of this Bold Step gift when you give a gift of any amount to support this ministry. You can request your copy of Unstuck and make that donation by going online to boldstepsradio.org or give us a call at 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. You can also send your gift through the mail. Address your envelope to Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. One more time, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And before we close, we want to remind you to subscribe to the Bold Steps podcast on your phone or mobile device, and then you'll get these daily messages downloaded automatically for easy listening on the go. Just open up your podcast app and search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Joe. Well, that's our time. I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you to join us again tomorrow when Mark teaches the importance of confronting the parts of our past that we've been trying to avoid. It's coming up Thursday here on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.